Every day, faithful ever true, the oceans applaud you. Creation declares your power. Here in your splendor, we surrender to the wonder of your power. With just one thought, you made heaven and earth. Oh, knew my name before my birth. You know what lies in store for me. You designed my destiny. Oh, we come before you now. In your presence, we will bow. We submit ourselves to you and to your awesome deity. You are an awesome wonder. No other power compares to thee. Awesome in all your ways. Ever true, faithful, ever true. Oceans applaud you. Creation declares your power. Here in your splendor, we surrender to the power of your. We surrender to the awesome of your power. <laughs> Glory to God, O oh Lord! We surrender to the awesomeness of your power because you are God. What a joy! You could have done it without us, but you chose to include us. That is our testimony. You could have. Done everything you wanted to do without us, but you chose to include us. You chose to carry us along. You chose to make us a part of what you are doing. What a good and gracious God you are. We are basking in your love and basking in your awesomeness. You are an awesome wonder. Oh, we cannot unravel your glory. We can't we can't we can unravel. You know, in totality, your majesty, you are awesome and you're an awesome wonder. We just want thought. You made heaven and earth. You knew my name before my birth. Oh, you designed my destiny. Glory to God. And my Bible tells me everything you make is good. And that's why in Psalm 139, it says, that ever before I lived, my life had been scripted. And it says, I am fearfully and wonderfully, oh, made. God, you put thought into my creation. I mean, you put qualitative thought into my creation. I wasn't just uh, uh, mass produced. No, 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 no. You put thought into my creation. I'm grateful that I showed up when I showed up. I'm grateful for the purpose of God over my life. I'm grateful that I know you. I'm grateful that I'm known by you. Hallelujah. I'm more grateful that I can call you Father. Oh, what a gracious God you are. What an awesome wonder you are. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for overflowing us with your love, with your mercy, with your grace, and with your favor. What an awesome God you are. Thank you, Father, for the generosity of your spirit, for the generosity of your word. Thank you for opening our understanding that we may understand the scripture. Thank you for enlarging our capacity to, to uh, uh, 
enlarging our capacity to be able to accommodate your intentions, your purpose, your thought, your doings, your workings. Thank you. Thank you for breathing upon us. Even as we study every night. Thank you for breathing upon your word. Thank you for making your word come alive in us. Your word is spirit and life. And your word has become food to us. As we eat on your word. As we dwell in your word. We are being transformed in the name of Jesus. We take responsibility as good stewards of your resources, of your kingdom, of your estate, in the name of Jesus. We do you proud, Father. We do you proud in the name of Jesus. In every sphere of our influence, we do you proud in the name of Jesus. Bringing glory to your name, shining the light of your glory. Everywhere we go in the name of Jesus, we are not looking face down. We are not looking defeated. We are the victim. Victorious ones rejoicing in our consistent victory. Hallelujah. The Bible says you make a public show of them. Hallelujah. We are constantly radiating the glory of God, the power of God, the aroma of Christ. Everywhere we go, they see, they smell Christ all around us. We are not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for our faith is built, our faith is strengthened, our hope is restored. In the name of Jesus, we are graced for the assignment that you have called us to do. In this time, in this generation, in this end time, we are relevant. In the name of Jesus, we are not bystanders, we are not by standards we are not just uh, 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 onlookers we are active participators in what you are doing oh father you consider us worthy to be assigned tasks you consider us worthy to be committed responsibilities and we take ownership as responsible sons in the name of jesus thank you father thank you lord we are equipped we are equipped. We are being trained. We submit ourselves to the training of the Father. We submit ourselves to the workings of the Father. We submit ourselves like a son as Jesus did. So we can sit at the right hand of the Father in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you for the resources you've made available to us. We thank you for the active present ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in the name of Jesus, guiding us, instructing us, leading us, directing us, in the name of Jesus. Oh, he's the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the living God. You are the Holy Ghost, the power of the age to come. You are the Holy Ghost, power of the age to come. You're changing everything in obedience to Christ. Oh, redirecting everything in obedience to Christ. Reordering everything in obedience to Christ. Rearranging everything in obedience to Christ, realigning everything 
in obedience to Christ. Oh, he's the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the living God. He's the Holy Ghost, the scepter of the kingdom. You are the Holy Ghost, the power of the age to come. Hey, he's moving everything in obedience to Christ. Oh, realigning everything in obedience to Christ. Readjusting everything in obedience to Christ. Yes, that's who you are. We ride on the wings of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we are that generation that shine forth as light. In the darkness. And the darkness cannot comprehend us. The darkness cannot even try to understand us. In the name of Jesus. We are that generation of people. Who show forth the uh, 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 unsearchable riches of God. Who show forth the unsearchable riches of Christ. We are that generation. Who show forth to the world. The unsearchable knowledge of God. The multifaceted knowledge of God. We are that generation. We show forth the power of God in, 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 in banking. The power of God in education. The power of God in politics. The power of God in entertainment. The power of God in ministry. The power of God in social entrepreneur. We are that generation of people who stand to declare Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Oh, Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. You're all powerfully welcome. I don't know what happened, but the Holy Spirit had to just have his way. (laughs) You know, and we've learned to just flow with him. It's not my agenda. It is his agenda. We walk with his timetable. We walk with his leading. And we just let him have his way in the name of Jesus. I mean, a life under the influence of the Holy Spirit is such a life that every son of God should live. The Bible says that when you live under the life, it says, do not be drunk with wine, but be drunk with the Spirit. Be consumed. Be under the influence when it says be drunk with the Holy Spirit, as in be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, he used the word drunk because a drunkard is under an influence. And when a drunkard is under an influence, he doesn't know, he's not in control of his senses, of his body. So when Paul said, don't be uh, uh, drunk with wine, and he says be filled, he's saying, come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Whereby everything you were doing is at his instance, is at his leading. I mean, you are in total submission. John the Baptist was saying, I decrease, you increase. We are saying we don't even want to be seen in the horizon. We just want them to see Jesus. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That means the more of Christ I become, the more you can follow me. Hallelujah. So the person we're pointing to is not us. It is Christ. I want people to see me and say, oh my God, she's so full of God. I want people to see me and say, oh my God, she's so full of Christ. 
I don't want them to see me and consider me a mini God. No, see me and see Christ and desire the same in the name of Jesus, that you get to that point where you were totally submerged, totally under the influence of the Spirit of God, because He's the one who is able to deliver to us the kingdom. He's the one who has been assigned. That's why we said the present ministry of the Holy Spirit. There's a song coming to my heart. Ah, what's this song? Oh, talking about, you know, what the Father had done, what Christ has done, and what we are enjoying now is the present ministry of the Holy Spirit. God has done His part, Christ has done His part, and He has released the Spirit of God. And yesterday we talked a bit about that, how God has been so generous like never before. And that's why we have a cloud of witness waiting to see Something they didn't have an opportunity to have. We have it. And so they are waiting. They are watching to see what we're going to do. I mean, this is God on two legs. Walking about. Hallelujah. And so we are not going to disappoint God in the name of Jesus. For every generation, God will always raise himself a witness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so yesterday we, we ended by talking about David and we talked about his heart. You know, uh, there was the testimony in Acts, you know, uh, 13, where uh, uh, Paul said that, sorry, the writer of Acts, not Paul, you know, which happens to be Luke, was, you know, was talking about Paul's message. And he said, uh, you know, the testimony of God concerning David, who we know Christ came as a seed of David. You know, I wanted to look at that since Christ is our prototype. And if God would say Christ is the seed of of David and Abraham, we've looked at Abraham, then we need to look, you know, put our microscope on the guy called David. And one thing we found yesterday before we, excuse me, closed was that the heart of David said, I have found the David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart. And how we, why is he after God's heart? He said he's a man, he would do all my will. And what is his will? He said, and David served his generation according to the will of God. So it was established that the heart of David was at the heart of the matter. So the heart of the matter is the heart. We concluded on that. And I just want to do a spotlight on a few scriptures here. You know, on David, and I hope and trust that we will be blessed, you know, as we listen. You know, um, David's heart was just, was just it. One would wonder that, was it that David was perfect? No, far from it. Like I said, that's not what God is looking for. God is looking for a heart totally yielded, a submissive heart. And someone is wondering, but Lord, I have a submissive heart. Hmm. We might need to re-examine that. If indeed you have a submissive heart. And at what point does God begin his training? Uh, is it at the point where you come into that awareness of what God wants to do with you? Sometimes no. Most times no, actually. So God begins a process. For someone now who has been on this call 
the last 24 days might be one of the processes that God is using in training you. Your ability to be exposed to hearing this. I often tell, you know, uh, the people that the Lord has graced me to pastor that it's not enough to rejoice over the word and say, oh, wow, we are so blessed. You know, uh, we hear quality word. We are, you know, every Sunday, every midweek service, you know, we are always so blessed with, 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 with the word of God. I said, yes, that is good. I said, but you need to know that for every word you're hearing uh, and that you have the opportunity to hear, there's going to be a demand. So you're not hearing the kind of word you're hearing because you just want to feel good. It's not a feel good message. It's a word that sets you on fire. It's a word that puts you in that place where you are ready to just go out there and do more. So when we, when people say, oh, uh, the word of God and all of that and that, that you know, I say you, you have to be responsible for that word. So don't just hear the word and get excited. You're going to be accountable for that word that you're hearing. So the same thing for some of you who have been on this call right from the very first day. That's the reason why this amount of knowledge is coming your way. It's not just to be able to say, oh, I joined in the 28 days and all of that. No, it is for you to be able to now say, okay, Lord, now that I've heard all of this, what do you want me to do with this? You know, it's, it's for some of you, it is going to begin a stirring in your heart where God will just begin to, you know, um, prepare you for something. So for some people, this series is a preparatory ground for where God is taking you, for your assignment, you know, for what God wants to do with you. And so it's important that you were opportuned to be a part of this. Some of you stumbled on this video. You didn't even know that we were doing, you know, a series. Some of you knew from the very first day and programmed your hearts to be a part of it. All of that is not by chance. There's a reason why you are hearing what you are hearing. There's a reason why you are spending this 30 minutes, 40 minutes, sometimes 50 minutes with me, uh, which you could have spent doing any other thing, but you chose to spend it here. There's a reason why. And, you know, the word of God, as we would later learn, is viable. There's nothing wrong with the word because the word is the seed. The problem is usually with the heart where it is sown. So the, the issue here is the word of God will always be viable once it finds a heart that is ready to receive it, then definitely it will bear fruit. The list is 30 folds. But I will not bear fruit. It's a lie. It will bear fruit. And the list is 30 fold. And so, like I said, the heart of the matter is the heart. And we're going to narrow in a bit on that, looking at David. And so he said, I found David. And so I began to think in my heart. I said, at what point did he find David? Was it that David knew all along from birth that he was one special child and he was going to be the king? You know, some people actually have that kind of life as they kind of portray that kind of life. Like I said, ah, from birth, I've known that. <laughs> some most times don't even have a clue. Here was David 
going about his normal life. Uh, had brothers, grew up in a family, and uh, you know, we were never really never told about his mother, except for something he said in Psalm when he said uh, uh, two things actually. Uh, the first one where he said, in iniquity, my mother conceived me. And, you know, some scholars have said, oh, the mother was not a legit wife. Well, I don't know all that details. The other time was when, you know, he ran away from Saul and he found himself in the wilderness. And his brother, the Bible says his father, his mother, his brother, and I think his sisters came to him. And he took them to the king of Philistines to please, you know, so they mentioned his mother there. But... That's just about it. And so what kind of person was David? And then at what point did God put his spotlight on him? Now, from that verse we read in Acts 13 yesterday, God said, I have found David, the son of Jesse. That word found signifies that there was a process of searching. Hmm. You all know the scripture that says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, seeking. You know that scripture. Maybe we should read it. Let me look for it. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro. Oh, wow. The eyes of the Lord. God is constantly searching. He's seeking. He says, I found. That means there was a process of searching. Mm. Wow. There was a process of searching. So God, generation after generation, he's searching. He's searching. He's searching. Mm. Where is this now? If someone knows where that verse is, please, you can just type it. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro. I think I'm actually quoting King James Version. Yeah, it's in Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Thank God for, uh, what is it again now? <laughs> this Bible app, you know, it just saves us a lot. He says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Yeah, thank you, Dolakbo. To sh- to show himself strong on behalf of those oh, whose heart is loyal to him. Guys, can you see this? Can you see that is a, is, is a, is a matter of the heart? The Bible says, I have found David, the son of Jesse. So there was a process of searching. And now it confirms it in Second Chronicles 16 verse 9. He says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf. Who is he looking for? Those whose heart is loyal to him. Heart is loyal to him. Oh, those whose heart. So he saw the heart of David. How did he see the heart of David? Was David doing the things he was doing to impress God because he knew God was searching? Hey, this is big deal. This is, this, this is deep. God's art is searching. But you know, because our own criteria for search is not the same with God. We think 
God searches the way we are searching. Like I told us yesterday, Samuel, even Samuel, the prophet of God, almost missed it because he was searching as man searches. But what God searches is the heart. Is, and that's why what God will judge is the content of the heart. It's the heart. That's the real deal. That's what God is searching. He says his eyes run to and fro the whole earth. He is seeking those who he, he wants to be strong on behalf. But they have to be a particular set of people whose heart are loyal to him. How did you know that David's heart was loyal to him? Let's read Psalm 78. So Psalm 78 is not a psalm by David. It's, if you look at the heading, it's a psalm by one of the psalmists named Asphalt, I think. Let me look at it again. Where is it? Yes. Asaph, yes, a contemplation of Asaph. So he was really talking about the children of Israel, you know, all their days when they left Egypt in the wilderness and everything. But when he now gets towards the end, he now says that, uh, verse 70, he says, he also chose. David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the eels that had young, he brought him. So David was picked, not when he fought and killed Goliath. Not when he killed the lion or killed the bear. Well, it was part of it because he was protecting the sheep at the point where he killed the lion and the bear. I mean, he put his life on the line for a few sheep. And then someone is asking me, how do I know? When, I mentioned it yesterday, when David took the groceries to his brother at the battlefield, when he started asking, brother asked him, who did you leave those few sheep with? Who did you? They, they were not. So it wasn't like the father had plenty, you know, like that. No. But David took ownership of this assignment. And God saw his heart. He was faithful in little. I mean, how does God judge that you can rule a kingdom by taking care of animals. How does God judge that? It's the heart. He was faithful in little. He was faithful in his assignments. He was thorough. So all this, I'm, I'm a son, I'm a son, I want the kingdom. I want God give me the nations. It doesn't start from there. It starts from the littlest thing. The heart. Over the small territory God has given you, your family, your friends, your neighbor, your colleague, colleagues. And so God is looking at your heart. That is how the train of the father begins. To be able to sit on the throne. He said, I took him from the sheepfold. From following eels that had young. Do you know what that means? That means pregnant 
ears. He was following them to ensure that they delivered well. Hey, Jesus. He never abandoned them. We probably need to do an exegesis on that. Do a study. Someone can do that. Google it. The process of, of ears giving birth. I'm sure we'll learn a thing or two. Because for it to be mentioned here, following them, that means it's not a one-day thing. It's not a two-day thing. They, you, he's following up on them. He has become their antenatal doctor. Ensuring that they deliver safely. Ensuring that they don't have miscarriages. Hey! And God looked at that and said, that is the kind of heart I'm looking for. Because he would shepherd my people. He said he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. And this was the testimony in 72. And he shepherded them. How? According to the integrity of his heart. Is someone saying this? Hey! And guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. So he was double missile the integrity of his heart and the skillfulness of his heart so it's not about that oh my heart is great but my personality is whacked it's not that my heart is great but i'm over above myself or my heart is great and i'm not committing to knowledge i'm not committing to seeking knowledge i'm not committing to growing i'm not committing to uh uh Becoming a better version of myself. I'm not committing to training. No. So there was the skillfulness of hand. Even if you look at his CV. When the servant was going to recommend him to Saul. He said there is a guy. He said he's a man of war. He said he's prudent in speech. That's the skill. He said he's handsome. And then he said the Lord is with him. Oh, that was such a robust, balanced CV. The Bible says that he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart. And guided them by the skillfulness of his hand. But that did not start at the point where he became king. It started when he was following the ears which had young. When he was shepherding animals. God saw it hard. Now let's look at God's testimony. The first time God was going to mention him to Samuel. First Samuel chapter 13. Oh wow. 30 minutes gone already. First Samuel chapter 13. And I've not even touched. Oh God. I've not even touched on what I wanted to touch on. For Samuel 13, verse 13, And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. Now, this was when God had given Saul an express command to do something and all of that. And, 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 and Saul just misbehaved big time because he considered the opinion of men over and above you know, uh, what God said and what God wanted. And so, in verse, 
in verse um, 13, it says, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. He said, For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself. Can you see searching again? Can you see God, the process of searching? Can you see God is searching? See, he doesn't just, because you are son, you are son, you are a child of God, you are born again. He, no, I've said that over and over. He says he has sought for himself. May the Lord seek you for himself. May the Lord seek you for himself. A man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. See, let me tell you something about the heart. When your heart is right, you remember what I read in uh, Second Chronicles? That he is seeking, looking to and fro. He, he is seeking to be strong on behalf of those. See, when your heart is right, you will have a corner on God. When your heart is right, I mean, you, 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 you will soak out some things from God. I'm telling you. He says here, he says, because I found his heart to be right. He says, I commanded him to be commander over my people. Please, oh. This is 13, 1 Samuel 13. David was still in the wilderness. Was still going about doing his shepherd business. Had no clue. Had no idea. God had commanded him anything. But see the way God spoke authoritatively here. He said, I commanded him. When I read that place, I said, I went to go way back again. I said, maybe there's a place God has spoken to David before. That me, I did not see. I read the whole of that 1 Samuel again. Ah, this is the first time. God was going to be talking to, 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 to Samuel about David. He didn't even mention David's name yet. He just said, I found somebody. I found somebody. He said, I found somebody who is after my heart. Who is after my kind of heart. And he now says here, he says, I've commanded him. That's how God is. When your heart is right, God sees what he wants to do with you as done. Hmm, did someone get that? He says, I've commanded him. Like when he said to Abraham, I've made you father of nations. He had not had Isaac. He had just begun his faith walk journey. God said, Abraham, that you will leave the known for the unknown that you will leave what you're familiar with for the unfamiliar. That you will choose to walk with me and learn of me. Your heart is right. I've made you father of nations. See what he's saying about David here. He said, I've commanded him. Guys, please, are you reading what I'm reading as well? At what point did God command David? Where? Where? Then the second time was when Jonathan now misbehaved. And God now said, ah, no, 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 this is over. You know, we can't, we can't be doing this. And Samuel came to, you know, the first time he said, God has sought for himself. 
So there's a process of searching. Oh, may he find us when he searches. May he find us. May he find us. Find our heart. When I say find us, he's actually searching hearts. He's not searching all these things, you know, we display on social media and all the likes and comments and all of that. that he's searching the heart. The heart. That's what he's searching. When God is scanning through the earth, he's scanning through the heart. So in chapter 15, you know what he now says? In chapter 15, verse 28. This was when he said, go kill all the Amalekites. And then he reserved Agag, the king, and all of that and everything. And then the best of the animals, you know. Someone now says, so someone said to him, the Lord has turned the kingdom of Israel from you today. And has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. This is the second time God is, uh, Samuel is saying something about the person God is saying. Now when you now come to chapter 16, you now read from verse 1. Now the Lord had said, Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, saying I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. He says, I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have, oh, I love that word. God said, I sought for myself. Now he says, I provided. Hey, may we be provided by God. I provided myself. Did you guys see that? I have sought for myself. I provided myself a king among his son. It's about God and what he wants to do. It's not about you and your agenda. He says, I have provided. May we be provided by God. I mean, may we be provided. May God look at us and say, Maureen, I provided you for myself. You are here to serve my purpose. You are here to do my bidding, to do my will. To serve your generation according to my will. Hey, this is so deep. God said, I have provided. He first said, I've sought. Now he says, I've provided. This is the beginning. David still doesn't even know anything is happening. He's still in his father's house, watching over what they've asked him to watch over. Probably writing psalms or singing or playing the harp or something. Ah, I pray the Lord would open our eyes. That we begin to see conversations that God is having concerning us. I hope the conversations are like this. That he's saying I have sought for myself. Or he's saying that I provided for. I love that, 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 tone, of, that tone of ownership. That tone of, 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 of endearment for myself. I've sought for myself. I've provided for myself. Oh Lord. That is the seed. That is the seed that Jesus came through. The seed of David. That is what made David, David. His heart. That's why Jesus came as the seed of David. Glory to God. My God. Is someone seeing what I'm seeing? The heart. The heart. He says, I provided for myself. A king amongst his sons. I provided. Left to God, he's a king. Initially, he said, I made him the commander over my people. He said, Saul was still on the throne. So it's not a function of who is on the throne or who is not on the throne. So at the point of calling, 
There are certain things that God uses as his matrix. It's not what we use. But I'm telling you from what we've seen now. That at the, at the, at the, uh, how do I put it now? The real deal of what God is looking for is your heart. Is your heart. Said and the Lord's eyes run through and full, the whole earth. Seeking those he can be strong on their behalf. Whose heart is loyal to him. The Bible says David served the generation, his generation. He shepherded them via the integrity of his heart and the skillfulness of his hand. May the assignment of God in our hands flourish. May it thrive. May God say of us like he said of David, I have found, I have found Sharon. I have found Chehazo. I have found Bumi. I found Hannah. I found Dolakbo. I found Christiana. I found this people. I found Abosedi. A woman, a daughter, a son after my heart. I have found for myself. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I wanted to, I thought I could get into the parable of the sower, but time. <laughs> we'll probably do that on Saturday, hopefully. Lord helping us. But this has just been so, even for me, I'm just like, wow. Says I provided for myself. When Jesus picked his disciples, the Bible says he prayed all night and in the morning he called those that he wanted. He said, firstly, to be with him, and secondly, that he may send them out. So the primary assignment is to be with him, the primary assignment is for himself. Are provided for myself because it is when you become what God wants you to become that's when you can actually I mean when when you when you align yourself with the heart of God then you are able to deliver your assignment it's not the other way around so there has to be that synchronizing of you and God, your heart and that of God's heart for you to be able to deliver on your assignment. I pray the Lord will help us. I pray the Lord will teach us. I pray that the Lord will be able to make this testimony concerning us, just as he did of David. I pray that he can testify of us, that he has found a heart he has found a heart that is after his heart. He has found one who is submissive and totally submitted to his will. May we be that person in the mighty name of Jesus. 
the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me this evening. And I've done about 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Thank you for joining. The Lord bless you. Ah, and um, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow.